So many elders and church leaders are quick to say that something is wrong. They use a few choice verses from the Bible to justify their accusations. And that's that. What I don't understand and what also caused lots of struggle and turmoil for me during my younger years as a believer is why these leaders aren't accurately explaining the why in the wrongdoing. You say it's wrong to have sex before marriage because the Bible says so. Okay, but why does the Bible say so? I mean, naysayers, they tend to accuse believers of just believing stories that were written thousands of years ago. But is that true for some? I mean, do do some just rely on the black and white text to reason and justify why they call themselves Christian? I mean, many years as a teen and young adult, I struggled to understand why premarital sex was wrong, why same-sex attraction was wrong, why masturbation was wrong. I heard arguments about why tattoos were wrong and body piercings were wrong, why cursing was wrong, why drinking and smoking were wrong. I heard all of these things and plenty of Bible verses behind them to justify why they just weren't things that Christians should do. What no one ever stopped to explain or discuss was why, though. Why were all of those things wrong? And if there's no condemnation for those who love the Lord, and if our works don't make us right with God, and if God chooses whom he will have mercy on, then why should I have been worried about right versus wrong anyways? Now, since I've grown in my walk with Christ and have been shown truth and understanding by the Holy Spirit, I see now very clearly the answer to all of those questions. And it's it's not just because it's... It's not because the Bible said so. It's not because it's breaking the commandments. It's it's not even just because it's a sin. Now, those aren't enough reason when you're being tempted. Those aren't reason enough. Now, while most of those are applicable in a way, the real reason is because everything in God's true and living word serves a purpose much greater than ourselves. When we stop asking why it matters for us and start thinking about why it matters in relation to God's kingdom, the wrongs of this world will start to make a lot more sense. For instance, many see marriage as just a thing people do, right? Like you like someone, you date them, you fall in love, get married, live happily ever after. And and that's, that's what people do. It's romantic, right? But in reality, marriage between a man and woman represents the relationship between the church body, which is the body of Christ, and the bridegroom, which is King Jesus. The marriage bed represents not just undefiled sexual intimacy, but rather the undefilable existence that awaits us in God's kingdom. So if we choose to have sex before marriage, we're choosing to say that we don't have to wait, that we can enjoy pleasures and excitement whenever we want, that there's no point in waiting because we can just have it now, that whatever comes after marriage is no different or really any better than what we have without marriage, right? Now apply that same thinking and logic to the kingdom of God. I don't have to wait for the joy and happiness God promised. I can just enjoy pleasures and excitement of this world. 
there's no point in waiting for unmatched riches in God's kingdom because I can just bathe in the riches of this life. Look, whatever is waiting in God's kingdom is no different or any better than what exists in our current world. You see how crazy that sounds? <laughs> this is why Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 actually encourages marital relations for those who are married lest they fall to temptation and why Hebrews 13 speaks of marriage being honorable and its bed undefiled. It's a parallel between the lusts and desires of the flesh that call us to seek pleasure before or outside of marriage and the lusts and desires of this world that call us to seek joy and excitement before or outside of the kingdom of God. When we're in the marriage bed, we have access to all that is joyous and undefilable. This is true of both the marriage bed of man and woman and also the marriage bed that is God's kingdom. Scripture says, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination. It's in Revelation and it's speaking about the kingdom of God. So you see, just in this one example alone, it's clear how what we often see as just a thing people do, like marriage, is far beyond ourselves. It represents something in the bigger picture. So just as with this example, all of the other wrong versus right situations we encounter in this life, like the ones mentioned before, are not just a matter of because it's listed as a don't in the good book, but rather they represent something much more meaningful. Masturbation represents self-gratification, which is to say, big picture, that we can rely on ourselves for joy and happiness, and we don't need Christ with us for fulfillment. Same-sex attraction represents going against what we were created for, which is to say, big picture, although we are a world of people created by God for God, we'd rather enjoy the world itself and everything within it. Drugs and drunkenness represent using external and often unnatural substances to feel false and temporary joy or excitement, which big picture represents those who seek to find joy and pleasure in the fleeting temporary things of this world, which will one day pass away. So you see, there are a lot of things that true believers in Christ should not do. And the word of God does spell these things out for us. But adhering to those scriptures should be about a lot more than just because it says so. The word also warns against following rules and laws strictly out of duty instead of out of love for God. That is essentially the point of all of this. When we start to see our lives and our actions as a part of God's big picture for his creation, it becomes a lot harder to want to find loopholes, but also much easier to rest in his grace instead of just abstaining from sexual immorality and doing the right thing. We're showing that we believe in waiting on the Lord. Instead of just resisting temptation of this pleasure or that, we're showing that we believe God has something better for us. The sins of this world are wrong, and there are many different verses in the Bible to support each one. But the ultimate reason sins are wrong is because they all go against God's perfect plan and purpose for us. 
If we love God, we'll stop looking for ways to technically be all right in certain circumstances. Instead, we'll seek his help to deliver us from desiring anything other than his will. So the next time someone points out the moat in your eye, whether theirs is clean or not, just consider God's bigger picture. Consider if what you want to do or are doing represents fulfilling flesh in this world or if it represents waiting and trusting in God's promise for eternal joy and happiness in his everlasting kingdom. That's my question for you. But as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Let me know if you have questions or prayer requests. I love you all in Christ. I hope that you will take this message to the Lord in prayer if you receive it. Uh, If you don't receive it, either way, just pray on it. Let the Holy Spirit minister to your soul. Uh, I pray, of course, that the Lord will only let me speak truth uh, with his guidance and not just of my own thoughts or opinions. And I definitely felt led to to put this message out there uh, because, again, it's something that I struggled with for a long time is, is just trying to understand why everyone was always telling me that something was wrong um, when I really didn't feel that way or, you know, it didn't seem wrong. But like I said, the, the Lord has shown me why. And I believe this message um, explains that. So again, let me know if you have questions. Um, I hope you'll all be blessed and have a wonderful rest of your day.